Hey, and welcome back to Grace Talks, a Christian women's podcast that studies the Bible, the women in it, and applies it to our lives today. Today, we're going to be talking about the woman who helped defeat Jericho, Rahab. Stay tuned. We can find Rahab's story in the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua, chapters 2 through 6. For our purposes, we're going to be reading all of chapter 2 and then pulling verses as needed the rest of the way through. So let's start with some background. Last week, we talked about Eve and the fall of the garden. A lot happens between that story and this one, and we'll cover quite a bit of it later on in this series. But for now, all you need to really understand is that ever since the fall, the Bible has just been one long story about God reaching out to connect with his people again. There was this one man named Abraham, and God promises him that his descendants will be as numerous as the stars and that he will make him into a great nation. The nation that rises up out of this promise is the Israelites. Now, you've probably heard about Moses, but he was the guy that led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. After spending quite some time wandering the wilderness, God's timing is ready for the Israelites to finally go into the promised land. Moses knew that he wasn't going to get to enter the promised land, but he had been mentoring a man named Joshua to lead the Israelites. And God tells Joshua to lead the people into Canaan and conquer it, and that's going to be their promised land. So this is where the book of Joshua starts. In chapter 1, God tells Joshua that in the same way he was with Moses, he'll be with Joshua. He tells him in verses 5 and 9, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Okay, now that we have our background, let's read Joshua 2. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the ford of the Jordan. As soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord fired up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family, because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, 
my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was a part of the city wall. She said to them, Go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourself there three days until they return, and then go on your way. Now the men said to her, This oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers, and all your family into your house, if any of them go outside the house into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you have made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away, and they departed, and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When they had left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua son of Nun and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. After these spies deliver the news to Joshua, they begin to move towards Jericho. God stops a river from flowing so that they can cross and then commands Joshua to circumcise the Israelites. If you're wondering why they had not already been circumcised, this generation had been born in the wilderness. They had not been through any of that yet. All of the people that had been of age to have been circumcised back in uh, Egypt had already passed away. This was a brand new generation. So after they healed from all of that, they set out to the wall of Jericho. God tells Joshua to march around the wall of the city once each day for six days, and then on the seventh day to march around seven times and blow trumpets. Joshua chapter 6 verses 15 through 17 say, On the seventh day they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout! For the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. And then Joshua um, chapter 6 verses 22 through 25 say, Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burnt the whole city and everything in it. But they put the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her, because she hid the men Joshua sent as spies to Jericho, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. Okay, so the first defining characteristic of Rahab is that she is a prostitute. So what exactly does that mean for a woman in her time? 
Maybe it was just part of the sinful culture, but likely it means that she was in poverty, maybe never married or widowed before having any children. Based on what we know of architecture of the time and through excavations, it's safe to assume that living in the outskirts of the city and within the wall was a marker of poverty and would have been a lot less safe than being further within the city. So why did God love her, save her, and honor her throughout the Bible when she did things he's against, like lying to authorities and prostitution? Simple. Our God of the Bible is moved to love and compassion when he sees genuine faith. Rahab recognizes God as being the one true God of heaven and earth. She risks her life to help God's people. She had the courage to protect them. Rahab was smart on how she eluded the authorities of her city and hid the spies, and bold with how she requested kindness from the Israelites, not just for herself, but for her entire family. Her heart's intentions were in the right place, and God recognized that, because he sees our hearts and our motives. God is powerful, powerful enough to save us from death, just the way he did with Rahab and her entire family. Still, why would the spies go to Rahab's in the first place? From a logical perspective, there would probably be no questions asked because the spies would be assumed clients of Rahab. Plus, her house is in the wall, making for a great escape route, which they utilized. But also, knowing that God was orchestrating this whole thing, we know that he directed them to her house because God knew that her heart was open to him and that she would be instrumental in their victory. God can use people with nothing to offer but faith to accomplish greater purposes, no matter their past or how insignificant they appear to be. Rahab did not allow her past to define how God could use her. I hope that you can hear this and be encouraged, because we've all messed up at one time or another. I pray that you don't allow your past to define how God can use you. And this goes the other way too. Many would assume that Rahab, a Canaanite, a prostitute, and a pagan, would not be interested in God. But we can't judge how a person has lived, their background, or their appearance, and just assume that they're not open to God. Let nothing stand in the way of telling people, everybody and anybody, about God. And don't let those same things cause you to assume that God can't use them either. More than just being open to God, they might already be instruments of His. This goes back to everyone sharing the image of God. We're all unique and have different testimonies, but we all share in the value of being called His. If you read Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. In Eve's episode, we see that she chooses what she sees and her own desires. Rahab, however, trusts in what she does not see. She trusts in God. There is this sort of hall of fame in the rest of chapter 11 of Hebrews, and Rahab makes an appearance as one of the people who lived by faith in verse 31. It says, By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Her faith gave her the courage to hide the spies and to lie to the authorities. She did not allow fear to affect her faith in God's ability to deliver her from danger. I wonder if we share in her courage. In 1 John chapter 2, John writes specific messages to different age groups. 
to the young men he tells them that they are strong because the word of God lives in them and because they have already overcome the evil one. Rahab didn't know about Jesus. This was the Old Testament. She didn't know that Satan had already been defeated because God says that he will be. She, she didn't know any of that. She didn't know that the battle was already won. Yet she still showed courage. We know, though. As of today, we know. We know that Jesus came and has already won the battle. We know that we're victorious and that our God lives within us. When you finally realize that the battle is already won, you become free to live out your life courageously. So live it. James 2, 24 through 26, also brings up Rahab. It says, You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. In Romans 4, Paul says that Abraham was called righteous because he believed. In James, right before Rahab's verse, he says that Abraham was righteous because of what he did. He says that his faith and actions were working together. This is a really important distinction, though, okay? Deeds are not what save us. Like I've said before, as humans, we can never be perfect, and works are never going to be what get us to heaven. But genuine faith has fruits, like the fruits of the Spirit that we talked about in episode one. As Christians, we have more than just belief in God. We also are supposed to commit ourselves to becoming more like him. We will never meet perfection, but we can chase the progress. As James said, Rahab was considered righteous because she made a choice to choose God, and she had the opportunity of being reborn into a whole new nation. Acts of faith please God. They require belief and courage. Rahab's heart was open to faith, and she had the courage to act upon it. Okay, so now we've actually reached my favorite part of the story. So we're not told about this in Joshua. Instead, we get to find out about this later on in Matthew in the New Testament. Rahab ends up marrying a man named Salmon. And this leads to her becoming the mother to a man named Boaz, who we're eventually going to meet in this series. Okay, but her lineage eventually leads us to her great-grandson, King David. Which means that her lineage leads us all the way to Jesus himself. This isn't the, something that the gospel is ashamed of either. The beginning of Matthew shows quite a bit of Jesus' lineage, but leaves out a few members and rarely includes mothers. Rahab is one of the few women mentioned in that passage, another example showing that she was an important and respected woman in Jesus' lineage. Rahab was lifted out of her sin and placed in the family tree of Jesus Christ. Like, I know that when you're a Christian, you get to be in the family tree too. That's awesome. But by blood, biologically, she got to be taken out of a wall and poverty and sin. And she got to just get elevated up that high and get that place of honor. And you can too, if you haven't been already. We all start down pretty low. But if you let him, God wants to elevate you so high that you get to meet him face to face. If you ever doubt that you are worth that, look at the people God's used, just like Rahab, and know that you are never too far gone for Jesus's love. He took himself out of 
the elevation of heaven, out of the elevation of his throne, and he brought himself down to our level, just so that we could be close to him. So stop with the shame, let go of your past, and let yourself be a part of God's purpose. He wants to use you because he loves you. What other encouragement do you need? So think this week about how you can be brave and bold like Rahab. Is there anything or anyone in your life that resembles the walls of Jericho? God may be calling you to march around those walls before he knocks them down. So have faith, be courageous, and march. Well, that's everything I have on Rahab for now. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we're going to be talking about the woman at the well. So I hope to see you then. If you have any questions about today's episode, the Bible, or anything else, I'd be happy to answer as best as I can. And if you haven't heard it today, God loves you. I love you. You're important. You have value. And you have a purpose. All right, I'm signing off. Bye. Bye.